Hello, and welcome to Tour Ireland Outdoors podcast. In this episode, we caught up with James Rafferty from Geology Rocks Adventure Tourism. They cater for tourists, schools, youth groups, uh, adventure camps, birthday parties, stag do's, hen do's, basically any corporate or private groups, Geology Rocks have you covered. So don't forget if there is anything in this podcast that you want to find out more about or if you want to book anything, then all the links to do so are in our bio. Um, As ever, please do like, subscribe, share and follow us on Facebook and Instagram to keep up to date with the latest podcasts and see our amazing photos and videos. So without further ado, here's James Rafferty from Geology Rocks. Enjoy. Hello, James. Well, how's it going, man? Can you hear me okay? Yeah, yeah, I can hear you fine. First of all, a big warm welcome to the Tour Ireland Outdoors podcast. Thanks very much, man. Good to be here. Would you like to, first of all, introduce yourself and your business? Yeah, so um, I said, my name's James and I run a local outdoor activities business based in the Mourns, primarily down in the Mourns and up in the North Coast as well. The name of the company is Geology Rocks Adventure Tourism. Bit of a mouthful, but we usually call ourselves Geology Rocks Adventure or just Geology Rocks. Happy days. And can you give us a brief description of what it is you do at Geology Rocks? Yeah, so um, like if we're to give you the company line, I suppose, uh, the advert, we, we say we like allow people to reconnect with nature and their friends while creating memories to last a lifetime. But in reality, what we offer is like amazing activities and amazing experiences. So we like to take people like climbing, hill walking, maybe out navigating if you want to learn some skills, uh, take you paddle boarding, uh, fastest growing paddle sport in the world. We do coast steering, which is just an unbelievable buzz of an adventure in the water. And um, we also do bushcraft sessions and like all these activities are tailored to- Bushcraft, uh, what's that yeah. again? Yeah, bushcraft, yeah, so um, survival. So we take you into mm-hmm. the woods, we do this for kids and for adults. Kids sessions are obviously geared towards them, but for adults, we take you out and spend a couple of days in the mountains, navigating across the hills, you'll have wow. tasks that can <laughs> And then once you complete the tasks, you have to build a shelter, light a fire, cook food, find water. Um, it's really cool, really cool experiences, you know? So wow. It's quite cool. Yeah, that sounds amazing. Um uh, yeah, so look, it's an interesting name, Geology Rocks. Um, can you explain the thinking and, and the reason behind that name? Yeah, yeah, it was a bit of a, a, a funny one, really, because a couple of years back when we were talking about starting it, um, me and the girlfriend were chatting away and trying to think of cool names, and you know, we're banding about everything. We're trying to get the morns in there. We're trying to stick all sorts of cool names in. But then I studied geology at university. Rock climbing's obviously one of our well, obviously but it is my favorite activity to do personally mm-hmm. so we were talking about how we could incorporate what we love and what the name of the company was for because the company is is primarily an adventure company but we also offer like educational stuff so if you're out on a hike with us we will pass on geological information or wow. uh, history of the local area because we think it's cool you know people want to hear stuff like that so so it kind of mm-hmm. just fell into place and i i heard this real cheesy joke i'm sure everybody's heard it that geology rocks yeah so we, we were just <laughs> just uh, here why not go for that it sounds pretty fun you know 
So that's that's kind of the long and short of it. <laughs> Perfect. So you get to pass on that that degree basically to people like while they're on a on a on a tour on a climb or that's amazing. Yeah, we do we do try and like um, incorporate a bit of education in, in a fun, chilled out way. You know, nobody nobody wants to go to school when they're out in the hills, but you know, it's always nice to get wee nuggets of info and like we maybe pass on a bit of a skill about how to identify certain rocks or we're really in, into history and myth as well so mm-hmm. you know, everybody likes to hear stories about food in the cool and yeah and all that you know <laughs> definitely yeah i mean look that brings me on to the, the next sort of question that i had there which was so why is nature and, and the outdoors it, why is it so important you know for us as human beings do you think and and why is it important to you well uh, it's a big question isn't it but like yeah. I think today, especially since the time of COVID, it's become more relevant and prevalent that people are spending too much time indoors. You know, we're we're, we're not really built to sit around all nice and cosy in front of a screen. And I know during these tough times, we're really lucky that we do have Netflix and things to sit and watch to pass the time. But, you know, we're not really built to, to be like that. We're built to be out challenging ourselves and learning skills and overcoming fears. You know, if you think of it in you know, natural environment, you know, we're, we're now becoming not top of the food chain anymore if we're, if we're losing all those skills. I always like to think of the perfect example for, for our line of work is uh, Google Maps. You know, everybody uses Google Maps in their car now. And, like, it actually has reduced people's ability to have a sense of direction and a sense of awareness. You know, there's yeah. an area within, in the brain called the hippocampus, which is uh, responsible for spatial awareness. And every time you use your Google Maps, because it's easy, you don't think about where you're going. You don't think about left, right, stop there, take drive for two miles. You, you don't think of it anymore. So you, that part of your brain gets smaller. So just not on, on a purely uh, like genetic sense, you know, it's really important for us. But uh-huh. it's also really important for people just to be happy. You know, there's been so many studies that show that people that exercise outdoors are happier than people doing the same exercise indoors. So if you go running, if you go running in the mountains, there's been studies on runners in the mountains having a higher endorphin levels, higher sense of wellness in general than if somebody that runs on a treadmill, maybe in a gym. Uh, mm-hmm. Not to slip gym because they are important as well. But yeah. so, so that's what I think society as a whole. But for for me personally, I just love getting out into the into the wind and rain and getting blasted and <laughs> going up hills and having adventures, climbing something that's maybe a bit scary, but you know, it's fun. We have the skills to do it, so we can do it. And it's like for me, that's just what life's all about. Our our holidays are always based on some form of outdoor adventure. You know, it's always walking or climbing or whatever. You know, so it's just a new way of life. You know. Yeah, I mean, do you think that a lot of people have probably realised the importance that they just didn't notice before? Maybe people were so busy with work when you when you when you stop everything, when you make everything just grind to a halt. It's all of a sudden then people start to appreciate you see people out walking that you're like you're looking at some people out walking and you're just sort of going you've never they, there's people out walking and doing exercise during this whole lockdown that you can tell like they've never done anything before in their lives and it's great to see but it just shows you though that um through work and through being so busy uh, it's sort of made people realize i think it's, something different you know when it comes to being outdoors people uh, really are seeing the value of it now i think it is really important particularly the, the gyms being closed you notice all the gym goers are now into the mountains 
and it's great to see them out there. And I know that loads of them will go back to their gym, which is cool. But loads of them are now have seen the light. In the way I would say, you know, seen that the being in the mountains and just there is just something special about being outside that you don't get until you go do it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> although I have, a, I have a slight feeling some of the mountain rescue. <laughs> <laughs> I've been at times probably cursing these people with no Martin experience going up and like getting stuck and yeah I can know I know that they've been extremely you know well you know they've been a lot busier like I wouldn't say they've been extremely busy or or, or, well, or would you say they have well they, they actually unfortunately they have been extremely busy compared to previous years I think yes. after two or three months of lockdown when they finished lockdown in the summer and within the first three months of that time, they had done their, their annual call-outs within that, in that period. But now that, that's just simply because there's you know, hundreds of percent, like many, many times more people out in the mountains than there was before. And, you know, so that's going to happen. Now, now, there is some of them, some people out there that don't have enough skills just yet, but they're getting there. And people are, people are doing really well. And there's lots of good forums on the internet where people are sharing experiences and that sort of thing. And, um, like we've noticed people coming, more people coming to us to learn how to navigate, which is what we think an essential skill, but it is an essential skill for being in the mountains if you want to be self-sufficient. So we've got, we're getting plenty of people coming in and it's good to see those people, you know, it's maybe a bit of money to outlay for one day, but it, it means it gives you a lifetime of, you know, safety in the hills. So mm-hmm. it's good to see. Yeah, definitely. I think the more skills that people can take into situations in the wild, <laughs> or in, in the outdoors, it definitely, the, the more experience you have, the better. I mean, it's the difference between, uh, yeah, it's the difference between somebody being stuck somewhere and, like, I mean, it, essentially it can be, it can be life, life-saving if somebody has a bit more experience. Oh, definitely, especially, I think a lot of people were caught out in the wintertime there because they started walking during the summer and they were having a great time and then when the colder night and the earlier darkness came in, there were some of them were caught out but, but those people have all thankfully like had a had a bit of an an adventure we like to call them you know we have a bit of a mishap and yeah. lived ill and all is good you know those people are the ones that came to came to companies like ourselves to learn a skill and it's great you know we've all been there I've been there too whenever it first started out you're like oh let's just go for it and see and mm. you know you're lucky enough to get away with it but I would, we would prefer people just learn even from a friend or some somebody that's got some skills. And, and we are seeing that people are doing that now. It's great, but it's and it's fantastic now. We're with the problem now is with too many people in the hills, nearly for the car parking. But we can hopefully sort that out now, and then and then everybody can enjoy the hills all the better because they are just an amazing place to be. You know, I mean, yeah. Even in terms of like social distancing, like a lot of times I have thought, you know, like it's the best. Like the outdoor outside is the best place to be. I mean, I mean, you know, like COVID's going to be spread indoors, but. You know, I don't know. I'm getting into that's probably another conversation. <laughs> that's a conversation people have had and heard a million times. I'd say at this stage. Yeah, we could talk about COVID all day, like but God, I know. Yeah. I know. <laughs> but I mean, it has been really, it has been really hard. And like, have you found even though you get outside a lot, um, has it affected your numbers of groups you can take? Has it cut? Has it stopped you at any point uh, being able to do business? completely or what's oh, yeah. what's well, it been like at the moment we're in lockdown we're officially not able to open at the moment for taking groups out so yeah very much has affected us but you know that that being said it's affected everybody you know we were lucky enough to have been able to open for a good part of the summer last year with with reduced groups of course uh, group sizes 
But, you know, all in all, I can't complain. Our business has been able to operate a lot more than most people's. Mm-hmm. There's pub owners and the likes of those guys who have been closed since last March, essentially, you know. So, um, yeah, of course, it's affected us, but you know, we're, we're happy enough. We're hoping to open now in the uh, 1st of April. Fingers crossed, see what Stormin says. So, yeah. Uh, and the summer then ahead should be pretty good. Yeah, everyone is crossing their fingers and toes at the minute. Um, and did you find though that I mean, did you have any sort of dips? Did you feel yourself, or have you? Do you always have the outdoors to kind of keep you sort of mentally on a good path, or did you find um, even in spite of that that you still had times when you were like, oh, absolutely, yeah, yeah. absolutely, and like you know, we've been we are outdoor instructors. We take people outside all the time. We have a huge passion for it, but mm-hmm. of course. Times where I've been find myself sitting on the sofa for weeks on end, you know, maybe having a few too many beers in the evening and, and that sort of thing. And, yeah. and, and we're people that that love doing this. You know, we, we do it all the time. So I can understand how others maybe find it even much harder. So, but it's it's a, we're at this time now where it's more crucial than ever to get people out the doors. Mm-hmm. And I'm not just saying this to try and get a few customers through the doors. We don't care who you go with. Go with somebody. Go with your friends. Just get out and go for a walk go jump in the sea, whatever it is, you know, you don't need to come book onto a course to do it, but it's it's so important, you know. Do you, do you ever get that sense though, that like when you, when you speak about physical exercise, do you ever sort of get a bit of a kickback of people going, meh, you know, people, people yeah, are resistant to that almost, like they don't want to hear surprisingly, it. Surprisingly not really um, with our stuff, but then but we like to, anytime we stick a post up or something, we'd like to try and, put it from the point of view of the person that is think of that person the cynical person we call them um, and we always try and pitch it towards them just just to let them know how great the outdoors is because at the end of the day sure it's my business but it's more importantly we want to get people outside because being outside and being connected in nature is important to us so anytime i do any posts on social media i always just try and pitch it to that person say like sure you might be afraid of rock climbing but look at this video of this guy who was terrified and look at him having fun yeah or if you're afraid of the water if you've got a life jacket on look at this guy who can't swim in there having a great old time you know <laughs> so we try and we try and get those people because the people that are already saying yeah outdoors are cool you don't need to tell them how cool the outdoors are it's it's the person that's sitting in the house and maybe doesn't go out uh, that often they're the ones we need to convince so um we're, we're quite lucky as we don't get too many negative comments but you know yeah. sure you get yeah. <laughs> brilliant stuff well that's great well James thanks very much for um, speaking to us today on Tour Ireland Outdoors podcast um, and hopefully we will catch up again with you really soon cool yeah man, it's been really great having a chat uh, thanks for the time and uh, can't wait to get you out on climbing and see what's happening <laughs> brilliant happy days thanks a million cool happy days man so true to his word, James did in fact get us up the mountain. Um, these are the field trip recordings that we did out there and we did some rock climbing and some chatting as well. We got a stunning day for it so do not miss the drone footage and the photographs that we got from the day. It's worth noting as well that Philip's microphone didn't pick up for some reason that day. We've done our best to edit it and uh, you can definitely hear James quite clearly so yeah enjoy. You see the gully up there, so, yeah. so, the, so the climbs are in the gully. Yeah. So there's two ways we can go up here. Um, 
ways we often go up, but it's a bit adventurous, but it's, it's safe, it's just adventurous. Uh, you go up on the right-hand side, see that wall that runs from left to right? Sure. Uh, you go follow the right-hand side of the wall and then get to the base of the gully and go up the gully. Okay. Or uh, if, you, if you just fancy a walk up, you can go to the other side of the wall and then turn up around onto the top of the mountain and drop down in, so. You know, the, the gully is, it's hands on, it's scrambling. You know, okay. it's, it's hands and feet, but it's like, and I can support the, I can spot these on the, the, there's two spots maybe where you wouldn't want to fall, but the chances of falling are very low, you know? Yeah. So, just really up to you guys where you want to go. You never really want to fall, Lee. No, <laughs> no, but this, yeah, you know what I mean? <laughs> You're the geology expert then, so tell us <laughs> what is, like, give me some insight as to why these rocks are poking out the top of Binion and Little Binion. Is that Little Binion? That's wee Binion, yeah, and then Binion's the summit there and, and the second peak on the right as well. So, if you want to try and keep it as brief. <laughs> so, we've got big granite mountain blocks there. Okay. So, granite's a, what they call an intrusive igneous rock. So, your igneous rocks are volcanic. Intrusive means they haven't been erupted onto the land. So you have extrusive, which is your typical volcano erupting. Right. But these guys actually intruded under some existing rock, which they call the country rock that was already here. In this case, it was sedimentary rocks like limestones and sandstones and shales. And then these guys were pushed in through about 56 million years ago underneath these it. These guys, you're talking about the rock. These, these lads <laughs> up here, yeah. We yeah. Binion and Binion. And they slowly cooled over millions of years to give you this really coarse-grained, big dome-shaped rock. But the, the other rock, the country rock, the sedimentary rocks were still lying on top. And then over millions of years, they eroded away to leave you these big dome shapes. But that doesn't explain your, your big cracky tops like you see now. Mm -hmm. This all happened pretty much in the past 10 to 20,000 years yeah. during the last glaciation. So you'd have big uh, glaciers carving down the valleys to give you these characteristic U-shapes. Yeah. And then the rocky outcrops on the top, they're, they're what's known as shattered tops or blasted tops. Because if you think... Um, A little bit like the top of... Um, oh, what's the one over near Steve Donard? Kamada and Berna. Yeah, is this some some, is it, is it a lot of parts of the of the mornings where you would see this. Yeah, no, it's just really it's really um, common in areas that had glaciation. So towards the end of the of the ice ice age, you would have had really cold winters still, but yeah. relatively warm summers. And if you think all the water that's liquid in the summer then gets filters down in through cracks in the rock, and then as it freezes on the colder periods, yeah. starts to push the rock apart. Right, okay. Similar to, you know, your bottle of milk that's left outside in a cold morning. Do you ever see the lid pops off? The old glass bottles of milk? Yes. Maybe you don't remember those? Yes. The, the, with the metal cap on Yeah, the, the wee tin foil cap. cap yeah. And the water freezes inside the milk and then expands. Because water is the, one of the only uh, materials, compounds, that actually gets bigger when it freezes. Most other compounds get smaller. But uh, so, basically, freezes, wedges, the, wedges the, the rock apart and then big blocks would fall off so you get these real rocky, chunky outcrops on top. That was a long answer for you. What brought you into this business? 
you just get crazy about yourself. <laughs> yeah, that was a funny one. Like I, uh, I didn't get into this sort of line of work or into the mountains until I was about 18. Always loved being outside and doing exercise, but went to an adventure centre in my local hometown and uh, just realised how fun and free, free and all that stuff was. So I ended up volunteering with them for a few weeks and then got accepted onto a trainee programme. And that was kind of it, you know. Once, once you go out into the outdoors and the mountains, like a lot of people have discovered recently with COVID, it's just something special, you know. It does love you, doesn't it? Yeah. The freedom just to go do what you want. Yeah. I suppose you always had that kind of entrepreneur spirit, you know, the independent. Work for yourself, <laughs> Yeah, well, some people have said that. Uh, uh, couldn't be told what to do at work. <laughs> so maybe, so maybe that's, what, yeah. <laughs> maybe that's what it is. No, just work, working in the outdoors for like 12 years for working for other guys and enjoying it, but just needed a new challenge really. You know, cause I want to keep this sort of thing I love to do. So um, sometimes you can get a little complacent even in the coolest of jobs, you know, so. So it was nice just for a new challenge, learning how to market ourselves and get groups in and do sales and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. It's probably it, is a, it is a steep learning curve, isn't it? Oh, totally learning still, big time, yeah. Still still the hardest thing about about running the company. And sometimes, with, especially with social, I guess it's myself anyway, when you social media, you can kind of get stuck in it and you forget why it is you do what you do. Mm. Yeah, sometimes, not always, sometimes I enjoy social media. <laughs> Yeah, it has its place, like. yeah. but yeah, I know exactly what you mean. Sometimes you feel you've turned into an Instagrammer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's funny though, the, the advent of all the, since COVID happened, everybody's suddenly going to the hills. It's, it's that, great. It's that release, isn't it? Yeah, it's really good yeah. to see them out. It's also a bit of a shock to the system because up in the past, over a decade we've been out here, it would have just been us. <laughs> And now it's like everybody's there. Yeah, Thursday and Friday used to be my days walking. You never had met me and met a couple, but not never many. And now it doesn't matter what they do. Yeah, there's, there's plenty. Yeah. The car parking's this year. I don't mind that. Yeah. I can still find enough to get my own as a space. Well, that's why, as rock climbers, we're really happy still because the people you might see a few people in on the on the path on the way in but then once you cut off yeah. to the cliff face it's still just the same there's still just you and your climbing partner and a crow or something there's still although the moorings are small there's still plenty of space for everybody once they're out and about yeah. it's interesting i've been talking with the the Moran heritage trust and they're talking about removing a lot of the bins that are dotted around yeah it's a good idea I think it's a brilliant idea because, for one, people shouldn't leave the rubbish even in the bin. Should, I'm always a big believer in if you bring it with you, it comes home with you. I'm sure it was heavier on the way out when it was yeah, full. That's it. You can Easy. manage it on the way home, that's yeah. true. So they're talking about getting rid of the bins because, you know, what happens is if the bin is full, people don't. They sit, they sit it right they, beside they, the bin. They yeah. sit right beside it. Yeah. It's just human nature. Isn't it? And especially if you're more used to a city environment where there is people that go around cleaning up after you, not like the countryside. You know, you're more inclined to do that. And it's just, it's just what you, what you know. It's not, it's not a slight on anybody. Yeah. It's just, it's just what you know. 
it's always getting the home of that message of leave no trace, even your banana skin. Well, that's it. That's exactly it. Your apple core, like a banana skin up here, can take two years to even to. Well, that's what we um, try and try and bring across in our all our activities. You know, yeah. leave it as you find it. And there's plenty of other outdoor activity companies about that are doing the same. You know, yeah. there's loads of great ambassadors, um, yourself included, and the likes of Moran Heritage Trust and Leave No Trace Ireland. But that's the thing. Oh, yeah. Like most people, nobody sets out to destroy the place. It just no. happens by accident. But then when people learn, yeah. they're very happy to, to fall in line with the, the right way, yeah. so to speak. Um, but we're we're going to start running a bunch of uh, litter picks, and I know a lot yeah. of companies do that. You know, just everybody, local community, it's all open to come in. We'll stick on some tea and coffee afterwards, and that yeah. sort of stuff, and well, everybody get a bag and do a section of coastline or whatever. I know um, in Castle Wellen, the, the, the community are leading a drive to clean up the countryside as well in around the you know the by roads and the side roads yeah um, well we're going to do one down at Greencastle near Cranfield okay so we were just out for a coastal walk there yesterday and it's uh, because of the way the tides go around there that it kind of becomes a bit of a concentrated dump on the shoreline and there's all sorts of stuff so we might even do a paddleboard session where we just like everybody comes on to get a freebie paddleboard session and just take stuff and put it on your on your board you know and bring it with you collect your bag of rubbish yeah because some of the areas are inaccessible and people might just not do it if they have to walk because you have to walk for miles carrying these bags you know so, so we thought of a bit, I have, I have bit of crack say, I do love them paddleboards yeah they're cool aren't they yeah. <laughs> that was a great the other thing that you do that fascinates me is, is the bushcraft um, where you take do you do, is it wild camping you do with that? Or? Yeah, well, so we, we do it um, different depending on the age range. So for young kids, we do hour and a half sessions. Yeah. And it's just all about getting them excited about being in nature and building shelters and gutting a fish and cooking it on the fire, that type of thing. Oh, yeah. But for adults then, and for like longer sessions, we can do multi-day events. So we've one coming up in the summer um, called the Morning Mountain Challenge. And we're going to get people to navigate their way through the hills in teams. Pretty basic navigation, but there'll be instructors at every point. And along the point then they'll have like a challenge to do, they might have a puzzle to complete or a rock climb to do or an abseil and then when they get to the end there's the campsite, they have to set up their own camp from scratch, like using just whatever they have naturally around them, yeah. we'll show them how to start fire, we'll show them how to source water and then we'll show them what sort of things they can eat and um, we'll, we'll also do a bit of food for everybody as well so they don't go hungry. <laughs> cool, we'll just nip through the gate here. Very, very rare that we have no wind days like this. It's nearly always breezy. So, makes a nice change. Well, I'm just going to shoot ahead here just to get a wee rope set up if that's all right. So, sure. Save a bit of time, you know. Cause yeah, work away, man. Yeah, so you can try your best, get it up nice and high, tighten it, I'll come tighten it again once it's set up. The waist nice and high. So this is like a friction climbing, right? So there's, gonna, there's very little in the way of handholds. It's all on your feet, but because of the angle of it, if you're confident enough, you could just walk up essentially. Yeah. Um, 
you want to keep your weight on your feet, right? So at the minute, my weight's on my feet, yeah? yeah. If I lean in too close, which everybody does, because then they get afraid. You notice my center of gravity is now over here somewhere. Yeah. It's not on my feet. So if you lean in, your feet are going to slip. So it's actually better on a slab like this to keep your body out straight, like arm length from the rock, basically. And you can lean, you just you palm with your hands, because there's got to be very little to grab onto. Yeah. And I know most people want a nice handhold, but you don't need it. Cool. So if you clip it on there, all right, dude, so let me just check all your gear. Stand up straight so I can see your harness for a wee second. Yo, happy days. So you'll find in the climbing shoes, grass and things are absolute awful. It's like wearing yeah. greased up shoes, but on a rock, you stick. All right, so, um, chill beans. Mm -hmm. So in terms of getting down, it's like abseiling. Is that me? I can start pulling on it, yeah? You put your weight all the way back into it. Oh, great. All right, so the anchors are holding you now, nice and tight. Yeah. You got three of them there. Each one could hold about 1.4 tons. So two or one would be enough, but I'll put I, three I'm in. only 1.1 tons. Ah, sorry, man, you a big breakfast, right? <laughs> All right, so lean right back. Keep the feet wide apart on the way down. Yeah. That's you. Oh, there's Louise. Hi, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so Louise, this is Philip and Tommy. Yeah, so clip it there and then screw it up towards the big end. Towards the, the fatter end. And then you do like a little squeeze test. See like this? Just to, just to make sure it doesn't open. Because sometimes people still screw them the wrong way, even I do, but when you do your squeeze test, just let me keep up with you here. Yeah, just wait there a wee second. So, yeah, just, you want to keep the rope as tight as. All right, Philip, so come on down. I'll get the rope in tighter. You'll feel a lot more secure now in a wee second. So feet wide apart, legs straight, and then lean into it. Lean in this way? No, down the hill, sorry. Lean back, yeah. Yeah, lean into the rope. Okay. So anytime you lean forward towards me, you'll get scared because the rope will feel loose, you know. Ah. So, so if you want confidence, lean back. <laughs> Gorgeous, man. How's that? That's pretty good. Feeling secure. And then, so when you're climbing back up, try to ignore the rope. Don't okay. don't use the rope because it means I can't pull it in. Okay. And if the rope, keep the rope in between your hands yeah. as well. Why you unconfident? You fancy going down further? Uh, I might try one, yeah. Where, where are you telling me to go now? So, just straight on down. You you can, so you can go, see this, see these three little cracks? Yeah. You can go as far as the middle one. Yeah. Or you can come as far as this one here. Oh, okay. So that's your kind of range. Let's keep in the middle there. You know. Well, we, we go up in forestry ground. You know, it can be quite rough. Uh -huh. And it's amazing, even still now, 40 years later, like, my, my ankles still have a good bit of flexibility in it from, that kind of growing From up. bouncing around that sort of ground? Yeah. I wish mine were the same. <laughs> I think years of plodding around in this in the hard rocky environment and running and stuff. Yeah. It hasn't done me too much good. Experiencing. <laughs> That's a brilliant, and look at the location here. It's just spectacular, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. These are so iconic for the Mormons, the Binions. Yeah, no, they're brilliant. Now. now there is some, there is some considerably harder climbs over here yeah. to the side. Okay. No, that's, um, that's enough for me. <laughs> we can set some up. Yeah. <laughs> enough for one day. I think probably my best way out of here is just to back up, is it? Um. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. Because just going up here, you would be doing a different type of climbing. Yeah. I had the rope above you. Now yeah. you you know you'd be leading there, although it's short. <laughs> if oh. you did fall, especially with those shoes. Yeah, I don't know. That's it. No, that's it. Th this bit's a bit harder, like. <laughs> so. Like, oh, I'm just, just some of the gear there, like. 
Yeah, the gear's great, you know. Um, it takes you a while building it all up, but... That's uh, it, isn't it? Bits and pieces. Once like. you have it, then it's, you know, stuff gets replaced quite often if we're being safe, you know. Yeah. So we'll keep the rope for maybe a year or until it gets a big fall. <laughs> the, the gear can't, the metal work can last up to 10 years, but in my experience, it would replace them every couple of years, really, just for the business, you know. Yeah. Um, it's cost, they're expensive to buy, but, you know, can you put a price on your life? <laughs> yeah, that's it. Oh, no, no. Safety is safety's paramount, isn't it? Yeah. I'm sorry, I'm just taking the view here. It's gorgeous, man. Isn't it? No, not at all. Take time. I'm no rush. That's Anna Long down there. Anna Long. That's right down Long Valley down. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, That's yeah. the harbour down there in Anna Long. The up to our right. Yep. Tankers coming in at Warren Point. Those guys are always there, always moving in and out of there. Like, so. Warren Point's a busy port. The second biggest, busiest port in Northern Ireland. Is it? Outside is of Belfast, it's the is busiest. It yeah. Yeah, oh yeah, way, way, way busier. And I, I think they use the metric of volume of money or money or something that passes through it. See, that's all the industry. Yeah. Yarn is, is people. Yeah, whereas, you know, there's piles of there's big grain industry yeah. down there and then they have the CO2 tanks down there. There's a bit oh, of controversy yeah. recently, but it's another money maker and stuff like that. Um, I think it's one of the biggest in Ireland, the whole island. It's one of the third, fourth busiest port in, in the whole island. But, yeah, cool. Yeah, so I'm going to... I'm going to yeah, back up you here. You bail up there, sure. And when you think I'm safe, then I'll let the rope loose back to you. Yeah. Just well, thank you very much. That was a great experience. No, no worries, man. I'll get out for a bit longer the next time. Yeah. Like a day. You would really want a day, wouldn't you? Yeah. A day is ideal just for... Gives it the location, gets it up. If Hen had been okay this morning, we could have had a good time up there because it's so close. Oh, I love that valley yeah. up there, the Hen Valley. Yeah. But here, here in Wee Binion are... Or here in Hen are probably like the closest. The mornings have big long walk-ins for your climbs. That's like part of the adventure. Yeah. A lot, of, a lot of rock climbers don't like it because they have to walk. <laughs> but I, I really enjoy it because I mean, you've put a bit of effort in to get there, and you know there's nobody else oh, here. My God, do I appreciate this here? Yeah. Just the sheer beauty of it all here today. Today's definitely a day for the hills. That's it. Oh, is there ever not a day for? The hills? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's true. That's my mantra. Like Come on, Louise. Let's <laughs> <laughs> keep it in rope tight. I don't think I've ever climbed here, or have we? No, um, no. no. Soloed a wee bit up here before. Not to be recommended. <laughs> okay, Louise, so, um, one, one down a wee bit, yeah, yeah. yeah. Remember, you're 20% safe at all times. Hi. <laughs> Alright, Mrs. So, we'll just lower you straight down. Um, see where the, the hedge is yeah, sort of... Well, so it's pretty easy from there. Yeah. If you go a wee bit beyond, there's the wee head wall, so you can try both. Do the first one just Might from there. Get up over the head wall. <laughs> ah, that's, see how you feel just on the first one. I'll lower you down here. So the type of climbing we're doing here is called top rope climbing. You have your anchor always above you. So if you fall, you fall just a couple of inches with a stretch in the rope. Um, different types of climbing you can do. There's another type called leading where you start at the bottom and trail your rope behind you, trying to find protection en route. So on this particular climb, as you guys just find out, it's a completely blank slab. So if you're to lead this one, it's essentially a, a free solo, they would call it these days. Or you're just taking the rope for a walk because <laughs> there's nowhere to put any protection. So, 
then nice easy climb so suddenly becomes a lot more challenging, a lot more serious. <laughs> Off to a good start. Yeah. <laughs> Happy days, Luke. You just you just tell me whenever we'll go on down, will we? Okay, Louise, climb when you're ready. Yeah, good old Morn's granite. That's great. So that's the gradient then of each of these? Yeah, well it's just the, the type of granite out of those five yeah, types yeah. of granite, you know. That's interesting. Yeah, you'll find that the G4 over on Hens like really, really coarse grained and a wee bit pink. Nice. How was that, Lou? Yeah, it was good. The first wee bit was a wee bit tricky, but it was good. How does it feel being out there? Yeah, it feels good. <laughs> You're always at like the exposures, like, <laughs> but yeah. uh, you get used to it because you get focused on where to put your hands and feet, and then everything else kind of just disappear disappears around you. It's pretty yeah. good. Yeah, that's one of the things I really like about it. Like we started coining this phrase recently, the active meditation, because uh, everything else you just focus on climbing and everything else does go away, isn't it? Yeah, and then before you know it, you're up and you're like, yes, <laughs> shaking like a leaf. Yes. <laughs> you don't take yeah. Elvis' nah. leg. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so it's at this point that we um, made our way down the mountain after some brilliant rock climbing and some great hiking uh, and some brilliant conversation. Um, obviously the conversations we had were just a snippet of what we covered along the way, but um, one other thing that we covered along the way was the Equinox. James and Philip bravely tried to explain this to me on our way down the mountain. So that's where we rejoin the chat. Sunrise shines through the, uh, these little pillars all light up and stuff. Class. Oh, wait, I don't know what an actual knock is. <laughs> what is that? Well, you know the way you got the summer solstice and the winter solstice? Uh, and the, and the, in the spring you got the spring equinox and the autumn equinox. This is usually around the 23rd of March. It's the equinox, which means the equal night, and equal which means there's, there's 12, 12 hours of sunlight and 12 hours of daylight. So in the Northern Hemisphere, I always get them mixed up, Capricorn, Tropic of Capricorn and Tropic of Cancer, you've heard of those? Yeah. That's 23.4 degrees north and 23.4 degrees south, which is the, the tilt of the earth. And on the equinox at those time uh, in the northern hemisphere, then the equinox in the southern hemisphere, at the, only a, a, above that line will it be exactly 12 hours of daylight in each. So we're like 54 degrees yeah. north. So we don't we actually don't get 12 hours of each on the equinox day. But on if you're on the Tropic of Cancer, around say the Middle East, if you're in Arabia, if you're in UAE or something, it's around around the Tropic of Cancer. And what does that mean for that particular day? Does the light hit? It's just an astronomically significant day because the, the sun is directly overhead yeah. at that point. It's directly over that line. So that kind of like weird shadow. And some people believe that's... <laughs> <laughs> some... <laughs> All sorts of magic happens. You took somebody out of... <laughs> I feel like I plucked somebody off like one of those flipping stupid... What do you call it? Reality TV programs. <laughs> so that's... It's, it's, from... it's Brazil, the capital of Scotland! <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's, it's from the equinox when Easter is. Oh. It's from the equinox when Easter is. 
Easter always falls on the first Sunday after the full moon after the equinox. Is that what it is? I knew it was something to do with full moons and all that sort of crack. <laughs> so that's it's an old pagan festival that we hibernate into. Thank you, James and Geology Rocks in there. Yeah, here to the side of Binion. <laughs> as we tour Ireland outdoors, a little bit of rock climbing, a little bit of fun. Good days, good days crack, yeah? Yeah, no, thanks for, com thanks for coming out with us, man. Uh, really good to have you out in beautiful day, I guess, overlooking Silent Valley, and uh, good having the crack with us. See you again soon. Yeah. Sweet. Sweet. <laughs>